0: Hello, and welcome to the Theological Family Ministry Podcast, a podcast for parents as well as children and youth ministry leaders. We are dedicated to showing how theological study and biblical application relate to the discipleship of children and youth. As always, we're hosted by Pastor Ben Palaz, the pastor of Family and Children's Discipleship at Curtis Baptist Church in Augusta, Georgia, and Tony Trussoni, the family and student pastor at Faith Family Church in Finksburg, Maryland.
1: Good afternoon, Ben. Early afternoon it is. How you been doing? Doing okay. Um, trying to get going with you know the school year still and
2: all that's coming. Trying to make some renovations to a kids' space and, and our church. And so, anyway, a lot going on. That's How ex- about you?
1: I'm uh, doing well. That uh, I've been busy with the fall season. Uh, the church coming up and a lot of some changes uh, uh, the members of our church would know about. So it's, uh, God's at work, but uh, so, some sad changes uh, anyway. So, but God is, is very much good in our church, Faith Family Church. Uh, you know, what's not as good is the Orioles season still. It's just, I'm just ready for it to be over, you know. That's the nice thing about NFL season starting, uh, is the Orioles season will be over soon.
2: that's true that's true uh yeah i'm I'm looking forward to football college football got started this past saturday and um i know our guest today his his team beat my team in the the final game that mattered but uh we'll we'll forgive him for that (laughs) for his his allegiances
1: but we will. So, and, and like you mentioned, uh, we do have a guest on today. We have a uh, Chap Bettis on, our first return guest. So that's pretty exciting. Uh, so you might know Chap Bettis of the Apollos Project. Uh, we've had him on before to really talk about discipling uh, children, uh, parents taking on that role of being a disciple-making parents. And uh, so, Chap, how have you been doing? I've been doing well, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I, I'm sorry, Ben
3: about that and uh, yeah the Red Sox are doing pretty well this year and you know I tell you being from Alabama but living in New England um, life is hard I'll just say that
1: (laughs) (laughs) totally (laughs) you know the you don't you have to probably make a lot of apologies for rooting for those kind of teams, uh, which is really yes. r- relevant to our topic today. We're going to be talking about apologetics, uh, so and specifically talking about how that intersects with family ministry, both at the children and youth level, uh, as parents disciple their own children and youth, and as the c- church comes alongside them in that endeavor. Uh, and so, I want to kind of start by giving a little testimony a little story of mine when i was a new christian in high school i had been led to the lord for about a year i remember i struggled with doubts majorly Uh, i probably was beginning in my senior year of high school right around that time and i remember i decided to go to kind of a guidance counselor of sorts of our school he was like the spiritual life director and I sat with him, and I asked him, "What do I do with these doubts? You know, how do, how do I, how can I know for sure that heaven exists? That was the biggest doubt that I had." And uh, he proceeded to explain to me what's uh, sometimes called Pascal's wager, which is basically, you know, uh, that we can't really know, and uh, but the best choice for life is to is to live for Christ, because even if we can't know. That's just the best possible choice that you can make, and that to me, really squared off at odds with First Corinthians, where Paul talks about, to, and Paul says that, you know, if it was not for the resurrection, eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow we died. And it actually hurt my uh, doubts, and I think it actually made me struggle with a little bit more in wondering whether or not our faith is as credible as it truly is. So, obviously, apologetics is an important topic for young people to understand about. Uh, But So before we ask uh, some great questions about apologetics from your ministry, I want to ask, what's new with the Apollos Project?
3: Uh, Well, thanks for asking. Yeah, I had a great spring traveling and got some fall traveling and getting out and meeting people. And um, yeah, the disciple-making parent is doing really well. I've even picked up some endorsements uh, since it came out, including... um, Dr. Al Moeller and Tim Challies and others. So I've been encouraged um, just getting testimonies really from um, all over the country. And I'm working uh, what's new right now. So if you mention a resource, you know, we believe in God. So something can't be jinxed, but I'm almost afraid to mention it. But (laughs) I am working on a video project um, aimed at uh, uh, tentatively entitled right now, Patient Parenting, Overcoming Anger in the Home. Uh, just because I think that's such a huge issue, a hidden issue. Um, and I've got a couple of writing projects I'm working on also. So, But, yeah, we're doing doing well. That's awesome.
2: Good. Very good. Yeah, I've seen uh, we actually just have your sort of have a book stall thing that we started this year, and we just got your book out there. Um, so and someone purchased it just the other day. So,
3: Cool. That's good to hear.
2: <laughs> so, uh, Chap, as we get in this conversation about apologetics, can you just explain for those that may not be familiar, what is apologetics?
3: Well, yeah, apologetics uh, comes from the Greek word for uh, defense or reason, and it's the reasons for the Christian faith. And why, how do we know it's true? And so, um, so I mean, I remember uh, a similar, similar story to Anthony's, just uh, senior year um Uh, junior year in high school saying, how do I know there's a God? How do we really know? How do we know we're not just a bunch of people who like to get together and sing songs and hear a little talk and, you know, be with my friends? And so, you know, C.S. Lewis said, Christianity, if not true, it's of no importance. If it's true, it's of ultimate importance. The only thing it's not is moderately important. And so um, Mm -hmm. part of my testimony is growing up in a Christian home is saying, is this really, really true? Really, really, really true. And apologetics is the reasons... For the faith, answering those questions, where there, such as can I trust the scriptures? Did Jesus rise from the dead? Um, you know, more perhaps sometimes more philosophical. How do how can we know there's a God, et cetera?
1: Good, wonderful. Thank you. Now, in light of your explanation of what apologetics is, why do Christians need to know apologetics, or do they need to know it at all?
3: Well, First Peter talks about always be prepared to give a reason. For the hope that is within us, and you see in, in Acts, you see Paul in the, the same words you use, you see Paul reasoning with non Christians. Um, the cool thing about Christianity is our faith can be checked out. You know, it's not it's not just some philosophical thing about oh, it's just one hand clapping with itself or something. It's not just it, it's, <laughs> it's 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 reasonable. There are reasons you can check it out. It's it's sure. Um, and so, uh, and so the first reason, Tony, I I, I think um, you stated, which is to talk about our own doubts. To say, is this really true? You know, again growing up in a Christian home, and I uh, thinking about, look, it, I want to be all in if it's in. Uh, but in, as as you said in First Corinthians 15, Paul says, hey, if it's not true, we're we're we of all people are most deceived, and so let's eat, drink, and be merry. So. So we need it for, I think we need it for our souls to encourage us. This is not just some American um, belief. Um, this is not some hope-so belief that helps me get through the day. It may get help me get through the day, but it's uh, true with a capital T, to use Francis Schaeffer's term.
2: Good. Right. So, I mean, essentially, it's, it's not only for evangelism. It has wider use. Is that Right.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I think. I mean, I we we want to be able to speak intelligently about our faith, be encouraged that yes, this is true that it, that the historical proof for the resurrection that Jesus is ruling and reigning bodily from heaven right now. I can't see him any more than I can see the president in the Oval Office. But I can know that's a, that both of those things are true facts, and one is a historical fact, and so, um, and so yes, it's for evangelism, and the more that we can um, be prepared to give an answer, uh, we should be um, able to. But ultimately, you know, with anyone, the issue. I mean, I like to say it this the way: this way, the issue is always moral, never not mental. I shouldn't say never mental, but moral, not mental, meaning um, we want to be able to explain the reasons for our faith, but ultimately we can't argue anyone, uh, into the kingdom. Um, so we may persuade them that from the dead and he's coming back to judge. And at the end of the day, they're saying, no, I, that's great. I kind of believe it, but I just want my own sin. So, so it's, 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 we want to be equipped. We want to be articulate. Um, want to be encouraged you know jesus said this this gets a little bit into the you know our kids but um in matthew uh seven jesus talks about the broad and the narrow road and so it can truth truth is never determined by the majority it's jesus said the minor the minority broad is the road that leads to destruction narrow is the road that leads to eternal life we're always going to be in the minority. And so it can be that can be intimidating to say, mm. oh, uh, everyone, no one else believes this way, especially if, if, you know, right now living in New England, three percent evangelical. Um, uh, we're the weirdos. And to say, well, actually, Jesus predicted that and truth is not determined by the majority. So it's for us and for others.
1: That's good. That's a good answer. Yeah, I think so often we do neglect that role. Uh I have, uh, apologetics and others, you know uh, You think of even Christian movies That present maybe a more corny Version of apologetics that we might like uh, But are, you know, bring your Friend engagements uh, So fundamentally focused on Just winning souls uh, And even sometimes I worry that Apologetics can trunk the gospel that we can see apologetics as as the way the sole way that people come into the kingdom which I think is not true or biblical but it is so helpful both for the lost person as well as for the Christian that really needs strength in their faith especially young Christians I think Uh, You you mentioned Al Mohler earlier uh, back when several years ago when he had a
2: radio program he was talking about uh, college age students leaving being the church and he said often the reasons are not so much intellectual as they are moral and i mean he said basically they it comes down to those reasons are pelvic and they would rather pursue that than um than really embrace the truth and repent and so um i mean that was a a memorable way of putting it but it's so true that um we often you know men love darkness rather than light yeah
1: now uh, i want to ask to add on to that uh, what does apologetics have to family and next gener have to do with family and next generations ministry? Is it relevant at all to family ministry?
3: Well, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think as parents and as youth leaders and as children, yeah, we are we are we are in the minority, but we're absolutely convinced that uh, that this is true, you know, true, 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 really true. Uh, and so, let's talk about. That and let's expect, um, you know, we, we can ask, we can talk about now or in a minute to expect our, our young people to have doubts. I think it's a very normal, uh, part of growing up. But then to show that what you're asking is, is not, um, uh, unusual and to say, look, we, we're going to proactively, um, show you this is, um, Christianity is true and, and good. And I think, um, maybe we can talk about that now a little bit because that relates, Ben, to your comment about Dr. Al Moeller. The two, the two areas I think that our kids are tempted and we need apologetics for are, are the truth of Christianity and the goodness of Christianity. And I talk about this mm-hmm. in the Disciple Making Parent. So, so, and it really, it, it, the devil doesn't give us anything new. It's, it goes back to Genesis 1. In Genesis 1, you know, what, is, what does the devil say? He says, Did God really say? And that's a that's an attack on truth. And then he says, He knows you will be like him. So that's that's an attack on God's goodness. See, you, you need to take you need to take the fruit there because God's God doesn't want you to have fun. He doesn't want you to have the best life. He wants you he wants to keep things from you. And so that's an attack on the goodness of God. And so so to me, part of, the, part of apologetics needs to expand to say, let's talk about how true Christianity is, the resurrection, um, how the New Testament documents are the most reliable documents there are, all sorts of things like that. We can talk, talk about that, but then we also need to talk about that this is actually the good life. That, that yes, God is gracious right now. There may be people in your high school that are sleeping together and he does not strike them with lightning. And that, But that's God's goodness, because in Matthew 7, Jesus talks about you're building two houses on two different foundations, um, and one stands for a while. It does, and sin does have pleasure for a season, and then of course it crashes, um, and so to be able to say, look, this is, you know, this is, this is, God is good, and actually even his restrictions, um, it's hard to hear that, but but yeah, so so to be able to that articulate that, and then just know the process that I think young people are going to go through with doubts.
2: That's helpful. So, why do young people in particular uh, need training in apologetics?
3: Well, I think I would say uh, you know the world is trying to disciple them; It is discipling them right now. Uh, school, media. Uh, and that's a whole well, that's a whole different thing to go down that that uh, the media, the the arts disciple not through logic, but through emotion. Um, but I think, you know, one study found that 40 percent of young people growing up in a, in a Christian home had their first doubts in junior high and another 45 percent had their first doubts in high school. Wow. And so and so we just I think to me uh, and again, I talk about this in the disciple making parent. Paul says to Timothy continue in what you've learned and become convinced of. And so so to me at least in my life and often I'll ask adult Christians who grew up in a Christian home I'll say is there a time your faith became your own? And they will are are 90 to 95% will say yes. And and there'll be something either in their late teen years, early 20s, something where where they would say they went from a their parents faith a childlike faith to an adult faith and so to me part of the apologetic training is expecting um uh, is uh, ex- expecting that doubts so we're, we're not freaked out when their bodies change you know we're like that's part of growing up and so in a, in a similar way going expecting that hey not only Not only they're going to have some questions, even if they aren't asking them, and I think that's the challenge and the busyness of sports and different activities. Uh, I know I didn't ask my questions; I just had they were just gnawing at me. So, so to me, part of part of it is again, like I said before, being able to speak to themselves. Yes, this is really true, and then of course, speak if they're um, with their peers in school. Uh, to to be able to to speak to them as well and to, to have um, good answers, you know that that to focus on Jesus. Um, so I, yeah, so I think I think that, that young people need more so. Too often we're teaching them what to believe and not why to believe. Mm-hmm. faith. Yeah. And, and that's so. So to
1: me, yes, absolutely. That's good. I, yeah, I think that is so valuable. And I think churches need to engage in that kind of preparing of young people for the uh, defending their belief, for understanding why they believe, like you mentioned. I even think of, uh, with what you mentioned, you talked about Dowson in junior high. Uh, my brother-in-law, I, I, part of his uh, conversion experience was he was having major doubts about God's existence all the way back to elementary school. Uh, to late elementary school and uh, he thinks a huge part of him coming to Christ very clearly was when he saw that the people in his church were ready and happy to help him with these doubts and these questions rather than to shun him or think him as being somehow wicked or anything because of these doubts. Uh, So I think it was really helpful for him coming to know the Lord, even in elementary school age. See, I
2: had a I had a friend who had kind of the opposite experience and the youth pastor told him the problem with you is just the meat between your ears you just need to stop thinking and you know just sort of accept it and well he went to an Ivy Ivy League school and found people who had answers that were different and
1: you know you can see how that went yeah that's a shame what happens when we don't prepare our young people the defense for the faith, uh, Ben gave one example. But chap, what do you think?
3: Well, I think I think you know. If nobody ever told you your baby teeth were going to fall out, it, that would freak you out. If nobody ever told you about you know adolescence, it would freak you out. So I think I think to prepare them in a very low key way. Uh, is is uh is the best thing it, if yeah it, it's interesting if you look at at scripture um and again i talk about this in, in, in the disciple making parent but um jesus think about think, think about how uh shocking the crucifixion was for the disciples uh, they they they're going to watch their leader who they thought was going to usher in the physical kingdom he, he's going to be uh, shamefully killed tortured and killed in front of them and they're gonna—they're just gonna say, "Well, that was a waste." And what what in the world were we doing? And instead, he actually—you'll—if you can see throughout the, the um throughout the Gospels, he's actually preparing them, and he's saying, "This is going to happen." They didn't really understand what was going on, but but it actually built their faith uh, that they were prepared, that they were inoculated, and so so um, you see Solomon. In Proverbs five to eight, he's preparing his son um, for for sexual temptation, and we we as the adults are supposed to be the wise ones, and so we're supposed to be able to look forward and say, "This is what's coming, and, and this is what may come, and when it comes, don't be you know you may have some doubts. That's okay. There are answers. I may not know what the answers are, but we're going to find you know, we're going to find the answers out there. Um, and that's, uh, you know, Ben, unfortunately that's what your friend did not, you know, did not have. But I think to, to be able to, to say, yeah, let's go find some very, 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 very smart people <laughs> and, <laughs> see, and see what they've written, you know? And I, I mean, I, by God's grace, I was privileged, um, to attend an Ivy League school as well. And, um, you know, I can tell you that it, it, it took a while, but I realized, you know what? There are smart people on both sides of this issue. Uh, this is not this is not an issue of of you know, oh Christianity Christians are not smart. The atheists and the agnostics are. Um, so yeah, when we don't when we don't prepare, it's, I think it's gonna it's gonna f- freak them out, or or they're gonna suffer in silence. Uh, I would say, kind of like I did. Uh, which is just kind of, it Just it was like a low-level fever. It just bothered mm-hmm. me, but I never really asked anyone.
2: That's, uh, I, I've heard uh, D.A. Carson, Don Carson, talk about when he was doing his doctoral research at Cambridge. So he was studying the New Testament at the highest level, and his doctoral supervisor, uh, I think, had been, I, I guess you'd consider him evangelical, and then at this point he was very skeptical. He, he believed in the Lord and things like, he was skeptical about the, the truthfulness of the, uh, the New Testament documents. And um, anyway, Carson asked him to just relay how you got to where you are, not to defend it, but just how did you get there? And he said – you know, he realized even this guy, as intelligent as he was, he didn't have it all figured out. His, he didn't have a great deal of confidence in that and then how it spilled out into his life. And he said, you know, I'm much more content. Um, with you know I, I know the lord and the confidence i have in that and um, it's okay i don't have to have all of know every single thing there is to know about this and like you said there's there's people on both sides of the issue who are thinking about it and um, but it's not not that the the quote intellectuals have it all pieced together as well um so how do you uh what, what are some uh, unhelpful ways that you think that churches might an approach defending the faith with young people?
3: Well, I, I, I think you've already covered that in terms of just don't, just don't ask that question. Um, you know, there does come a point where it is moral, not mental. Um, but I would say that's after lots and lots of conversations, um, you know, where you say, yeah, let me go get you the stack of books and let's, let's see that, that there are, um, uh, people out there you know one of, one of the interesting smart people out there one of the interesting things i to me i as i've observed is people who come to christ as adults often combine the uh out of timothy the learning and the convinced so they don't they don't need to be convinced because they just know jesus changed my life mm-hmm. and so if you sometimes if those people are can be in church leadership. It will. It's hard to identify with a young person who's grown up and this is the only life he's known. He or she is known, and so to to think, you know, wow, uh, they're wrestling with some questions. And and so I I think, just just the short answer is just to squash those rather than to invite those, um, and to say, yeah, let's talk about them. Um, so that's probably that's, that's probably the. The biggest way, and then I think probably if you just go, well, it's just easy. It's black and white. You, you know, here's here's the three answers to this question: um, demonize, demonizing non Christians. Yes,
1: uh, yeah. you know,
3: just say, yeah, they're stupid, or 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 to skewer their motives. Now, I would say, yes, there are false teachers, and that needs to be pointed out. But at the same time, I also uh, th- th- I need to treat them in, in the image of God and and go after their um, ideas and to show that their ideas are not, um, you know, are not helpful. Here's what they're hiding. Here's the assumptions. You know, Tim Keller has a great thing where he, talk, he talks about everybody's got faith. So the atheist has to have faith in this. The Christian has to have faith in this. And so no matter which issue you're talking about, everybody's got, they're assuming they've got faith. So...
1: Yeah. Yeah, I think that there's some really great points. And I, I agree with you, there's so much, way too much demonizing of uh, our opponents in that. I think there's a lot of approaches to quote unquote apologetics in churches where it's just making straw men arguments of our opposition. Uh, even in uh, the Christian film industry, I, I think a blatant example of that would be, uh, I remember I, when we went to uh, we went to a private Christian college and uh, a science teacher challenged an intro to science class, I don't remember what it was. Uh, but uh, Uh, a science teacher, a us, and I think it was our biology class, he he asked how many people here believe that atheists and evolutionists uh, think that uh, humans are direct descendants of of monkeys. That evolution means that humans are grand-great-great-great-great-great-grandchildren of monkeys. And the vast majority believe that's what evolutionists think. uh, That we are the offspring of monkeys. And that, that is nowhere near an accurate representation of what Darwinian evolution actually believes. Uh, if anything, you know, it's far more cousins than <laughs> grandchildren. Uh, and I think that was an example. I mean, all of these young people grew up in churches where it was presented uh, that uh, atheists are the stupid people that believe that we come from monkeys. How practically does the church prepare children and youth to defend the faith? Well, I
3: think it starts with you. Starts with confidence you have. So, it, I, and there's preaching, pastor and teachers to drop that in. Um, you know, there's ways. There's ways if you know things, people are wrestling with things to drop them in without. Uh, you know, you would make them a sub point of a sermon without making it a whole sermon. Of course, a a class. Uh, um. Uh, is 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 excellent so books or video series or that type thing and, I, and and to me i think also whether it's its parents or those who work with um with with, with kids to to be aware be uh, um, aware of those sort of moments that, that a child's asking you that a question or uh, a young person and say okay this is this is really important think in my head this is really important i need to listen carefully uh you know respond deeply or say i don't know and let me go research that for you so to me it's a combination of leadership being confident um, and aware of the process formal teaching you know in the curriculum um, somehow uh, and then also and then just conversations but i mean i should ask you guys that because you're you're right on the front lines
1: Tony, you, you work with youth. I mean, what do you? I do. Uh, so one thing that we're trying to do, and this is an encouragement from a youth ministry worker that we've had for many years that has seen some tough questions come from youth. And we decided this summer, uh, to, to, for the whole summer, we allowed youth to submit hard questions that they don't know an answer to or that they've heard. And uh, we encourage parents as well to submit anything with that. And we've decided to start off our Sunday school year. We don't do Sunday school during the summer uh, and take off the, take the beginning of Sunday school to just come together and encourage parents to come out as well. And we're going to tackle all these big issues. you know, we're going to tackle them really seriously, uh, even you know looking to some experts in that. And that's one thing uh, that had that we have tried to do. And uh, our youth ministry, and uh, we haven't done as much in our children's ministry under my, uh, with me as much yet. I think Sarah, our children's ministry director, has done a lot to really answer questions as they come. Though that's Again, good.
3: I want to uh, commend you for that because often it's the kids who are willing to ask the questions that the parents also have. So I, I'm excited that you brought the parents in because. <laughs> Because they're having the same questions and or had them, or especially as they have to do with, you know, ethics, and especially as our culture changes, and suddenly Christians are intolerant, and so to be able to say, well, here's why, you know, Jesus' sexual ethic applies to how we love people, and yet also can can identify with, you know, state state here, we believe what the Bible says. Yeah, yeah, the parents and also.
1: You know, and I'll add one thing I really benefit, even myself, in doing that, you know, we made it kind of anonymous so that people could put whatever they felt like and didn't have to feel shame, and uh, just the intense interplay between their personal lives and these difficult questions. I mean, one of the questions that we're going to answer, and again, we don't know who it's from, and I don't care to know who it's from, uh, but was, you know, why that? Uh, why doesn't God help me when I'm depressed? And uh, I think that is – it's apologetics in a deeply personal level that is important. Mm, that's great.
2: It is, yeah. i just encourage that you tackle those things head on like that. I know in my ministry, I mean, with kids, they're often not dealing with the same level of, of intellect, intellectual doubts. Um though they can i mean i've, I've gotten some questions before that, that surprise me but just trying to pepper things in throughout and I, kind of through the influence of people like tim keller whom you've already mentioned um just this is a point that shows oh we can depend on what god says he tells the truth um and and teaching adults as well um i found that to be a helpful just throw in tidbits here and there to try to build people's confidence in, in the word and in you know the, the reliability of the faith um so, chap, how do you uh, emphasize apologetics in youth ministry? I mean, how have you done that in the past, and how would you commend that? Well, you've talked about.
3: Yeah, no, I think I think what we talked about. I think what we talked about before, um, perhaps some of you, having some of your volunteers read uh, some things, or at least be familiar with uh, some of the materials out there, um, and then just this whole idea. We've talked about it before, which is. Uh, inoculation not being surprised when if questions come up suggest not suggesting questions but just saying hey sometimes people have doubts feel free um, to talk to me so I so to me I think it's 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 probably what we said before in ter- just in terms of leadership infinite you're aware that questions are, are, are there even if they're not asked you share your testimony you know um, uh, or share your negative testimony like you talked about Ben um, and just to say, look, this is not this is not who we are, and, and there's questions. And <clears throat> but I would say, I again, I think you guys probably have more expertise in that than I do. But um, but that's what I'd say.
1: Oh, thank you. That's good. Uh, did we talk some about youth? And and I think among uh, the many conversations that we have on the podcast, this is really a topic that. Is more relevant in the in the way that we think of it in youth ministry, in the way that we typically talk about it in youth ministry. But is this relevant at all in children's ministry, chap?
3: Yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. And I, I think um, the questions might not be as uh, deep. But I remember I can't recall to mind right now how old the child was. But uh, I, I in my um, seminar seven questions that everyone should answer I start off with a front page story from the New York Times where this woman who's a leading atheist traces back her atheism to a friend who came down with polio and uh, she she asked her mom and her mom asked the priest and um, and and basically the mom relayed the answer of the priest but kind of rolled her eyes that, that in a way that made it clear that she didn't trust the answer uh, and so, I mean, suffering <laughs> is a question that, that that children are thinking about. Um, and uh, again, the same thing with um, uh, Steve Jobs in uh, his um, biography, talking about uh, his change when he came to came with a time picture, a Time magazine cover of a starving child, and uh, to whoever the religious leader was and again why is that so so it it i absolutely i think it is um so we again we can sprinkle in those comments we don't have to go deep and again as you're thinking of i'm thinking sixth grade you know sixth grade seventh grade fifth grade fourth grade not i don't really know that it's relevant for four and five year olds but but (laughs) you know um but yeah i mean I, i i think it is um absolutely absolutely and 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 to me the more the more and again you guys I know you guys are in the south um, but uh, so I I don't know my optimistic pessimist or something I I our culture is becoming increasingly anti-christian and I feel that definitely feel that in New England and I think to prepare our kids even from a young age to say yeah we're the minority and it's going to be hard, but 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 it's true. It's really true. And uh, so even even that is even that is not necessarily um, deep, but uh, it, it's starting to to sort of aim them, whether parents or, or or children's workers, to say, yeah, we're we're you know Jesus taught some hard things about about men and women. And uh, our country's kind of moving away from that, but we know, you know, we know it's true and it's good.
1: Mm. Hey, to clarify, I'm in the Mid Atlantic, which is really more the uh, the bizarre child offspring that's half uh, New England and half the Deep South. So. <laughs> uh, okay, so you, you guys are half
3: intolerant. So uh.
1: exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hey,
2: that's yeah. <laughs> Chat. What role do parents? have? have in getting our children to to defend the faith i mean is that just the church's job
3: well no absolutely and i you know i go that's the theme and thesis of the the disciple making parent the book the disciple making parent which is god has called us as parents to uh to be the chief shepherds the first shepherds of our children we need that we need the church uh absolutely we need we need children's ministers we need youth ministers but the first, we, we have them the most amount of time. We, um, you know, we hear those we hear those questions, and uh, and actually, I think the way I think if we would have a change in mindset that actually one of the reasons God gives us children, and one of the reasons they ask questions is so that we will learn because we we don't really we, we can listen to something and say we have got it, but until we can articulate it, we often don't really have it. And so, uh, and and so I think a lot of times, um, we need to see our children's questions as prompts to grow. So, so I've been in in, in the previous part of this interview, I've been encouraging us to be proactive, but you know, I've gone to plenty seminars and at the end when it's over and I try and articulate, articulate what I learned, I can't remember. <laughs>
2: you know. But
3: but if you ask me a question, and I, now I need to, now, but, but what I take from that seminar is where to look. And I say, I know there's an answer, and I know it's in this book somewhere. Now, when you ask me a question, and I have to go back to that book and look up that chapter, and then I have to simplify it for my child, I've actually learned it in the process. So to me, that's, that's, well, as parents, we need to embrace that um, that this is part of God's prompt for me to grow. And I, I mean, the same thing's true with pastoral work. You have some preparation, but then, you know, a successful pastoral ministry sees that all these things God brings into your life after seminary is a prompt for you to be more articulate, to develop Positions, etc. So, I mean, we're, we're not going to be able to answer every question that our children has. Um, so, there, there's there's no way. There's too many questions out there. Um, but uh, to to say, okay, this is a prompt. Let's let's figure out some resources. Let me let me ask the guys who are, you know, you guys perhaps, or the past senior pastors of your church or whatever. Let me go find some resources. Um, to To articulate articulate their faith, and again, I can't, I cannot tell you again. I was thinking about New England, but how much pressure there is upon our children, uh, all sorts of ways. And so, to be able to to, to realize that there's there's uh, you know the, the the entertainment industry is seeking to disciple our children, as mm. they are. and and so to be able to 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 articulate that and, uh, well, that's a we could, we could talk about. That's a whole different podcast. <laughs> just talk about what you have fun with that. You know, just even, you know, just think about and just have like, listen to the songs. Hmm. What's the song telling us, you know, or as you're watching, as you're watching football, like yeah. think about it. What is, what is football? What is the ads for football? What do they sell? They net, they're selling fellowship. They're not selling football. They're selling fellowship. You never see a guy watching a game by himself, you know, with a beard. <laughs> and I'm like, ah. no, <laughs> no, you do Always with friends. And that's and to say, oh, is this interesting how, you know, they're doing a little bait and switch here. Um, but that's a that's a whole different podcast to talk about. That'd
2: be fun. <laughs> Sounds like an appointment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so you talk about you have a, a seminar that you do with, you know, seven questions every Christian should be able to answer. What are some pressing issues that you see. Um, Luther talked about, you know, you can defend the gospel on these different fronts, but if you're not doing it where the heat of the battle is, then you're not being fully faithful. So in the culture we're in here in America, what are some big issues that you think p- Christians need to be prepared to answer or parents need to help their kids be able to respond to these things?
3: Well, the seven questions seminar that I do and, and I've got, I'll do a little advertisement here that I've got on the a, 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 a audio CD. I do. How do I know Jesus existed in history? Don't use the Bible. Uh, let's see if I can get them all right here. How do I know I can trust the Gospels as history? Not to say they're the Word of God. How can I know I can trust in this history, number two. And then knowing that I can trust in this history, thinking about um, uh, who is Jesus Christ and is he really God? Um, did he really rise from the dead? Uh, and then is there one way, is there really one way to heaven? So we've got lots of sincere people. I mean, I remember flying as a high schooler and just like flying over house after house after house. Man, there are a lot of people in this world. So, so is Jesus really the the only way? Why is there suffering? And then why are there hypocrites? So I I call that Jesus oriented apologetics. That was, I don't, I don't talk about creation evolution. uh, Um, but that was, that was, that was what was on my mind. And then I think I think I want to do another seven questions. I haven't gotten around to it, but I think just the huge, the sexual ethic, the gender issues, um, and we've got to be able to not only say the Bible says, but we've got, also got to be able to say, um, here's, here's the logic. So, for example, I just had a, just a short conversation with two eighth graders in the Bible belt, and uh, uh, they were just somehow related to me. I don't want to tell you, why you that, but, but, uh, but my, the, the, the person who was with me, was like, Oh, chaps you're going to get chap going. And all I had to say was, well, you know, the Bible says, but you know, if this was really genetic, then the twin studies would show that, uh, that a hundred percent of the people would be this, you know, the same, but they don't. And so just a little bit of logic, they went, Oh, Oh, you know, just, that makes sense. And so So to me, the whole sexual issue, whether it's an LGBTQ, um, uh, agenda and just how, how Christians are loving in a countercultural way. And we're, we're actually the ones who love people. Um, and God, God knows best. So that, that would be the whole seven other questions.
1: (laughs) That's good. Thank you. Appreciate it. Uh, now to close out, uh, I just want to ask, how can our listeners learn uh, more about your ministry and follow your ministry, as well as reach out to you uh, to learn or and, and learn more about apologetics from your ministry? In addition to what you've mentioned already, which is really great and helpful, uh, and also maybe how can they reach out to you to find out how a uh, strong Christian can be an Alabama football fan? <laughs> Oh
3: man, I have to admit, I, I was I, I was like Georgia has not had a title in a while. I was really kind of for Georgia, but uh, um, just a little bit. Um, Good for yeah. you. My uh, my website's theapollosproject.com, Apollosproject.com. so t h uh, e a p o l l o s project.com, and the information's there. Um, and I give. I'm happy if you'll send, if if your listeners will send in an email to audiobook at theapollosproject.com, I'm happy to give away an audio book of the disciple making parent. Um, I just, just put you know, you heard me, uh, you know, on your, on your podcast and, uh, and can find out more about that, but the Apollos com, I'm on Facebook and also uh, on Twitter as well. And I, and I do have that, that product. I talked about seven questions. Every team should answer um, there as well. So, yeah love to love to connect with you and there's a contact form that that you can email me so yeah thanks right.
0: thank you so much thank you for joining us for this episode of the theological family ministry podcast if you have enjoyed this episode please give us a review on itunes and share the podcast with your friends on social media all new episodes are available to listen to on stitcher soundcloud youtube spreaker and itunes we hope you have a great week and join us again every first and third Thursday.